This is Lachlan Rouston. This is Raf Freeman, and you're listening to the fittest podcast in Australia, The Mind Muscle Project. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we are talking about a topic which is close to Lachlan and hearts, which is how to stay lean year round without good genetics. Now, obviously, because it doesn't apply to us because we have such good. <laughs> No, we actually really need this, which yeah, is, yeah, and this is important, genetics. right? This is how you stay, uh, how to stay lean without good genetics, because most people that stay lean all the time, they have really good genetics, right? And then you get the more exceptional people that have set up their life in a way that allows them to stay lean all the time. And these, these are the things they have to do to be able to do that. I think people with good genetics can get away with this and not have to do this. But if you don't have good genetics, this is like, th- th- there's no way around this. Yeah. 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 I think like when you know someone has really good genetics is they basically don't do any of these things ever. Uh, and they just look like they work out and they never work out. That's like really, that's what like good genetics is. Cause I understand like some people might listen to this and be like, well, no, you have like really good genetics. When you just think about the total population and you think of like percentile of like good genetics, we are not in that percentile. No. Like, okay, maybe we're on the other side of the curve or whatever, but like we're never elite athletes. Yeah. Like right? we're better than average. Yeah. Likely. But, but, not it's, in the, but it's also because we did a lot of these things exactly, for a very long that's time. It's hard to know. It's genuinely hard to know because when you do these things for so long, you like, it's hard to know because you, you don't know what the counterfactual is. You don't know what it would have been like if for the last 10 years, exactly. we didn't do all these things. And the older you get, the more it seems like you have better genetics because most people aren't doing any of these things. And though, even though you started at a similar point when you were 18, by the time you reached you know, 38 and you put 20 years of desk work and a job and kids and drinking and whatever and all that stuff, then the separation is so much greater, right? It's like they say, you know, a flight that's off by one degrees, you know, yeah. they take off at the same time, but one ends up in LA, one ends up in New York, right? So it's like, you only have to be off by a little bit, not do many of these things over a long enough time span. The difference at the end is dramatic. So when we talk about good genetics, we're talking about, we start off at the same point, this guy's 38, I'm 38. I look at him and he's like, like, dude, you like, where have you been lifting? Like, how are you so good? This, that. He goes, I've like never been to the gym. I don't look after my diet anyway. I'm like shredded. I got muscle. Like, that's good genetics. We don't have those. And I think lean here, I'm not defining as like crazy shredded. I'm saying it's like nine to 12% body fat, you know, where you've like pretty much got also abs. You and I have been that like that for probably close to a decade. And it's been through times where we barely trained and been through times we trained a lot, Mm -hmm. right? Been through times we had terrible diets and been through times we had a good diet. So, first one, and I think this is required is you have to have a certain amount of muscle people that struggle to stay lean all year round often they just don't actually carry much muscle yeah and it could be you know it could be all, all areas right for me i carry most of my muscle in my lower body that still works for staying lean you know because it still it still has the influence on the mm. body but this just makes such a big difference and one of the biggest reasons is you know you can just stay lean at a higher calorie amount every single day yeah whereas people like, faster metabolism yeah which i guess you could just say is a lot of women carry so much less muscle so it is just a lot harder for them and they have less wiggle room in their diet to slip up and stay lean yeah so the best way to think about it is you there's a certain amount of calories that you need to consume every single day to maintain your body weight now in the modern urban society western society ideally your that number is going to be as high as possible right because it's like delicious processed food everywhere and like nice dinners and places to eat and Sometimes, you know, you only have, well, every day you only have a limited amount of willpower. And once that willpower gets exhausted through other things in your life, you're like, I want to have the chocolate, the ice cream, the milkshake, the whatever, right? The pizza. Now, if your metabolism burns at 2000 calories or it burns at 2500 calories, if you're having that pizza every single night, if you've got, if you're automatically burning 2500 calories, that's 
way less damage overall. It's way harder to gain weight. Your, your body might just burn it off naturally versus a person that is at 2,000 calories. Now, the difference between those two people, yes, genetics can play a part, but in things that we can affect, it's muscle mass. If you take the same person at 80 kilos, but one has more muscle mass than the other person and less fat, they're going to burn more automatic calories at rest. And that's what you want. You want auto calorie burn. You don't want to have to do manual calorie burn. You don't want to stay at a small body weight with not much muscle and go, okay, well, I need to burn those extra 500 calories and you manually have to burn the calories every single day. You want to just be able to sit on the couch and just burn them automatically. And then if you, you burn a few extra through walking or through running, like, great, that's awesome. But at a baseline on autopilot, you've got a higher amount and that's what you want. More yeah. wiggle room. So if you can just get yourself to that point, it just makes, damn, it makes life easier, right? Yeah. You've, you've got to do it, right? Yeah. You've you got to do it. I think no matter who you are, female, male, it's going to help so much. Second one, and this is a huge one because this obviously you can fix a lot faster than the muscle one we just talked about. And this is your sleep. So I do think that there's a, you know, um, if you just looked at the people that can say lean year round and the people that can't and you looked at their sleep, every day of the week, the people who struggle to stay lean year round are going to have worse sleep. Yeah. Because they are on the back foot in their hormones, in uh, their cravings for food, in every single way possible, every single day. Yeah. Well, two, two hormones that are dramatically affected by a lack of sleep, uh, basically the, the hormone that regulates appetite, so how, how hungry you are, and then the hormone that um, regulates satiety, so like how full you feel from your meal. Now, when you disrupt those two hormones, right, you get an effect of in certain times of the day, you feel no hunger signals at all when you normally would, or in other times of the day, and or in other times of the day, you feel really, really hungry. Uh, now then you obviously disrupted your other hormone, which is how full you are. So at some point you're like, man, I'm really hungry. And then if your hormone that tells you how full you are is disrupted, you're like, I'm eating and eating and eating and man, I just can't get full. So you've really kind of hurt yourself in two ways. You're extra hungry and you also can't get full. So what does that mean? You just consume a ridiculously high amount of calories that you normally wouldn't, where if your appetite signal signaling was normal, you'd be like, okay, time for me to eat some food now. I haven't eaten in a few hours. That's pretty normal. And then you eat a normal amount of food and your body's like, yep, we're full. We're good. If you don't have those things working for you, you're in trouble. It's going to be hard. So I'm looking at some studies comparing shift workers and there's quite a few, but the average amount looks like here is about 10 to 15% more body fat where people go into shift work. Yeah. Compared to not. That's, that's significant. Yeah. And that's like a perfect population study because so many people consistently alter their sleep patterns yeah. through shift work. So yeah, sleep is a massive massive factor in appetite and satiety regulation and that obviously affects body fat i do think there's probably also like a side note here which is that when you have more inconsistent sleep it's easier to also be in bad eating habits you know you stay up late probably a good chance you get some worse eating habits yeah. right than people that don't sleep in kind of the same thing yeah so i do think it is like yeah it's a huge huge consistent factor that helps you just stay lean year round it's just not ruining your sleep with either your work which is probably the worst that's the most consistent and then obviously your, your social life yeah i think another symptom or another symptom of a lack of sleep as well which is a sign of a slow metabolism is you're constantly cold so like people they're like oh man i'm feeling the cold more or whatever if you're underslept your body is conserving energy right because you basically created a low or a negative hormone environment where you haven't replenished uh, all the you know you haven't pulled all the inflammation out of your brain out of muscles, your body hasn't, you know, produced enough growth hormone overnight, you haven't cleared the system, you haven't repaired all the tissue damage from the training or whatever you're doing. 
And as a result, because you have less raw materials to work with in the day, your body's like, all right, we have less fuel here. Either, yeah, obviously we can eat a lot more or what we'll do is we'll just conserve energy, right? Which is why when you're underslept, you know, your memory is not as active, you know, you're physically not as active, you might feel colder which is because your metabolism is not ramped up, it's not moving as quickly. So as a result, underslept, you burn less calories and therefore if you're eating a lot more, not only are you burning less calories automatically but you're taking in more. So it's a real recipe for getting un- unnecessary fat gain. So the third one is people that don't stay lean year round, they habitually eat more processed and highly palatable foods. Yeah. And I think a really good example here is that when you see athletes that were like really top of the game athletes and then they um, gain a lot of fat when they retire, it's, it's often this one because they probably carry a lot of muscle, right? Because they were an athlete, they've still got it. They maybe still have pretty good sleep. They might still be a bit active, but they maybe just got used to having some really bad habits with their diet because they had to consume so many calories with the sport they were doing. You know, they're like, oh, you know, I, I had to eat as much as I could for like the last, maybe forever since they were like training and they were 10 years old in the sport. And then they stop training as much, but they have the habit of just like going for those types of foods. And if you're just like in the habit of eating those types of food a lot and very consistently, you're just so much more likely to gain weight, mm. right? You're eating the foods that just lead to get weight gain because they're so easy to overconsume. Whereas you see people that, you know, generally say lean year round, they're like, oh, I eat a bit of that. And then I really feel like just some healthy food. Like I crave healthy food at a certain point. It's not their habit to continually eat those types of foods. Yeah, I know one habit that I really had to kick, which was a struggle for a long time, was I got so used to needing an extra four or 500 calories after two, two sessions a day when we did CrossFit that always on the way home, when I drove home, I'd always stop at the petrol station and always buy an oak. For those of you international people, oak is like basically our chocolate milk. And it always had like good amount of protein, not a lot of fat, like good amount of carbohydrates, but it was like three, 400 calories of milk. Mm. And that's like a lot. And it's very heavily processed. And hook is not one of those things that you like take a couple of sips, put the carton back. Oh, like, dude, you know, like, no way. You just, you go from, you basically smash the whole carton in one go, right? Or like within two or three minutes. So like the it's whole like thing's gone. You look on the back, it's like two servings and you're just laughing. <laughs> like, who's ever Why divide by two? In two servings? Who splits it? Uh, so... That was one of those habits that I had to break, and I, and you know that's that's takes some time and awareness to do that. But for some people, it's maybe not as obvious as stopping at the gas station and buying oak. Maybe it's like in the groceries, you know, I always buy a bag of chips. Or I always do this and I always do that. They're just you know, no one opens a bag of chips and eats one chip. You eat the whole thing, right? Because they design those foods specifically from the way the packet opens, honestly, to the way it smells, to the way mm. it sounds in your inner ear as you're chewing the food. All those things are literally optimized to make you eat more of those foods. So uh, it's it's like um, it's like your phone, right? The people that are on or the, the the app developers behind social media, their whole job is to work your own hardware, your brain against you, so that you stay distracted and you stay glued to these apps. Well, that's the same thing for these foods. You have food engineers that are dedicating their life's work to getting you to eat more of these foods. So if you do consume them, obviously it's gonna be very hard to stop consuming them. It doesn't mean don't consume them. It just means that be aware that when you do, very likely you're gonna consume the whole thing. So if you make it a habit, uh, if you make it something that becomes you know ritualistic, it's always when I do this, I'm gonna eat this food. It's gonna be very tough to, to stay lean year round. Yeah, and I think you know this is one of the reasons that I think even like a like a dirty bulk can be a bad idea, right? Because mm. I remember seeing an interview with, do you remember the fit to fat, to fit guy, Drew? 
I know him. Yeah, it's like an American, I know of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah American yeah. guy, and he's like a trainer. There's been a few versions of yeah, this. Yeah, and he basically was like just shredded trainer, and then got really fat in I think six months, and then spent six months getting back to shredded again. Yeah. And they were like, oh, you know, like what was the hardest thing about getting in shape? And like, it's none of that shit. Like, oh, my metabolism's broken. Like, I got fat cells. Like, it's that shit's a joke, right? Yeah, he yeah. just gets back on a calorie deficit. He gets back in shape. But he was like, the hardest thing was all those habits I had. I think one of them was even exactly the one you mentioned. He's like, I never would drive past a service station without getting like a Mountain Dew and like a pack of chips and some lollies, right? Because he was like full deep off the rails with this thing. <laughs> and he's like, they were actually really hard habits to shake. Mm. All the habits I'd got over like six, I think it was six months of, of getting fat. And it's true, right? It's like the biggest damage you get in getting out of shape often or like a dirty box. It's like not always the health damages, right? Because it's not that bad of your health to have a bit of sugar and have some really yum foods with heaps of salt on it. Some of the biggest damage is the habits that you get in, in place that can last with you for a long time. Man, uh, I don't think I could do that. That is a very... Uh, I give that person a lot of credit. No, dude, it was incredible. Do I do think there off. was some performance enhancing drugs involved oh, okay. in this because he was really jacked before it started and he got in really good shape really quickly right. after. I do know, you know, he knows what he's doing. I do question it. Um, but regardless, yeah. And that's why not many people have done it. Like he got so famous from it. You don't actually see many trainers no, do that. No, no. Because he got really fat. And that's why I think it was so successful because he did it proper. Right. He wasn't like, oh, dude, you can barely see my abs. It's like, dude, you are obese. <laughs> yeah. This is like, you are a health risk right now. Right, yeah. But he got on like Jay Leno and shit, right? So he got paid back from this. Um, but it's impressive. That is super impressive. Super impressive because um, not so much to come back, but the mental state to put yourself to break so many good habits that you've ingrained for such a long time that when you made the habit you think to yourself oh i'm gonna always do this yeah, i would never break like to break those habits thinking about breaking my best habits yes like and also while you're doing it you never know if it's going to be popular after yeah so you got to do this for like over a year like in the hope someone can and have faith yeah yeah it's impressive it's definitely impressive okay Document so that fourth well. one um is basically you're an inactive person so if you can just be a very active person, people that like someone that likes activity, it's going to be much easier to stay lean year round. And I even think sometimes you can confuse people who you think, oh, they just have really good genetics. Maybe they're just a much more active person as well. You can be like, yeah. oh, you know, do you train? Nah, man, oh, they got crazy genetics. He's like, dig a bit deeper. Oh, well, you know, I love to surf. I surf every single day. I'm part of a soccer team. And like I run with the run club on the weekend and I rock climb. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. So they train like nine times a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that is, can be common because it's an active person. If you are a very, very sedentary person, basically it means the second you stop training or your training falls off a bit or your your calories go up a little bit, you start to gain body fat because you sit down all day. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is definitely a harder thing for us to appreciate for someone that lives in a, an area with bad weather, right? Mm. For people, like one, one cultural difference for you Aussies out there that maybe haven't had as much experience with uh, British people, but... Go like when you when when you're in Australia and you've got good weather and it's like oh let's go for, let's catch up let's go for a walk or whatever or let's go for a walk this morning that's not a thing yeah. in England you don't Which go you can for basically walk. do year round here yeah you yeah you don't really go they don't do walks right the walk <laughs> walking is not a thing because the weather's always shit right go to the pub and so exactly right so you go to pub or you, you go to an indoor venue you, yeah. you, your your transportation is not the the point your transportation is to get somewhere else and. I think that's a that's a big thing that you underappreciate as an Australian because you have such good weather year round. Maybe not Melbourne as much, but yeah, enough of the year to appreciate it. But I think if you are in that situation where you do have bad weather, it is a, a process that you have to be more conscious of. And I think that having more structured things like sport can be a really good thing. Because if you have 
football practice you know twice a week and you have a game on the weekends yeah. that's that structured accountability that works like cool i'm not gonna have the walks but it just means i need more structured things because i don't get as much incidental stuff have a standing desk right rotate between standing desks like maybe like a treadmill at your house or a peloton or something like a like structured workout the steps right like always getting yeah. steps in exactly because we uh when andy our nutritionist he does um like talks at the um yeah. corporate with our corporate clients well, i've sat in on one of them and one of the questions he gets people to answer at the beginning he's like what do you think burns more calories Ten thousand steps or a 45 minute f45 workout it's ten thousand steps wow if you can't do 10,000 steps, which, yeah, if you if you don't get that internal stepping in because the weather's terrible and you're just mm. indoors most of the day and I know a lot of people working from home now, the best thing you can do for yourself is create more structured accountability and more structured things. Okay, I do a Peloton workout every day, I play sport twice a week and I go to the gym twice a week. It's just going to look different. It's going to look different for different people in different contexts. But yeah, with bad weather, without incidental exercise, you need to put more of that stuff in your diary. I think also if you're an active person, it's easier to get back in the gym if you haven't been in the gym. If you like don't do any training, it feels like, oh man, I'm going to die when I get in that gym. Yeah. Because you haven't got out of breath for like a couple months. Yeah. Because when you always stay active, you can like always jump in a gym workout. You're like, yeah, dude, like I'll be fine. Yeah. You know, I was just playing a bit of soccer last week and whatever, you know? Yeah. I walk every day. If you never walk, you like can't get into running. Yeah. Because you don't take any steps. Yeah, yeah. But you take 10, 15,000 steps a week, a day, it's quite easy to get into some jogging. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Last one. And a lot of the stuff we've talked about, um, how much muscle mass you have, how your sleep is, how much processed foods you eat, your activity levels, all those things play into this. But your hormone profile does play a big role in how you look, right? If your hormones are like way, way off, testosterone is in the gutter, it is going to be harder for you to stay lean year round, right? And some yeah. people with good genetics are blessed with better hormonal profiles, which is like one of the reasons it's easier for them as well. Yeah. And so one of the ways to check this is you go and get a blood panel, right? And I think that's probably a good Isn't thing to understand. Isn't the only way to check it? I mean, you could look at symptoms, signs and yeah, symptoms true. and like maybe try and figure it out. But the fastest way to figure it out is to go, you know, get blood work. And what you might find is, yeah, like vitamins, minerals, hormones, they might be um, deficient for reasons that are just contextual. You know, you might not get enough sun and therefore your vitamin D is down, right? Or you might not get enough calcium. You might have an issue absorbing calcium. It might be a genetic thing. Your, your testosterone might be low. Your estrogen might be low. Your, your growth hormone, IGF-1, might be low. All these sorts of things. And it's not always clear exactly what the reasons are. But if you can start to unpack what they might be and start changing things or supplementing or considering some of the lifestyle factors that impact these hormones, you can make positive changes make small changes that have massive positive impacts in the future. Like I know um, recently you told me like your libido felt low, you got a blood test, you looked at vitamin D, you took vitamin D and then after a while, vitality was up, libido Two, was up. Months, yeah. And that's just a small thing, right? And like generally you do everything pretty well. Same for me, right? I've I found out I have hematomacrosis, which yep. is like an iron thing. Now I don't get any symptoms from that, but in 10 years from now, I could start having organ failure. That would not be good. So I have to bloodlet. So that would ruin getting lean year round. <laughs> that would not be good. Um, die shredded. Um, so there are little things in there. This is obviously a more nuanced part, but I think it's still worth considering, especially if you've been unhealthy for a long period of time, right? If you've run on empty on certain vitamins, on certain minerals for a long time, hormones will be affected. And these are things that, yeah, maybe not the healthiest person is, is jumping to consider, but if, you, if you're looking for optimization, if you're looking for health span, not just lifespan, 
you know, these are the measures I'd be taking. Yeah. And I mean, everyone can get it. You can go to the doctor, explain what you want, get a referral for it. If you can't get a referral, you can still get these tests done in Australia. You just have to pay for it, right? Yeah. It's just, it's just more expensive. But yeah. it's still like, you know, probably a couple of hundred bucks. Like it's, it's worth it. Definitely worth it. And, and then and generally though, speak to your doctor that you can get a referral. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully that was helpful for you guys, uh, those six things. So absolutely spend some time going over them again. If you need to take some notes, uh, it's worth you know, it's worth being lean because it's going to increase the quality of your life. Uh, it's going to inspire others around you. Um, it's just going to put you in a better, you know, better mood, better state of mind. Uh, it's going to make you a healthier person. So um, thank you so much for tuning in. If you got value from this, please share it with someone. Uh, let us know. Again, ask questions on the Instagram as well. We can answer them in longer format shows like this as well if you'd like. Um, so shoot them through the My Muscle Project on Instagram. As always, thank you for tuning in and we'll speak to you all next week.